Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Peaceful protest. Peaceful protest. assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are, well, you're a really dull class. I mean, come on, man. Is the sun getting to you? I would think you'd have an opportunity when I say that about the Navy to clap, but being here together, 
We're all kidding aside, being here together. And welcome back to Flower Politic Podcast. It's the 22nd of May, year of our Lord, 2021. And that's a quick primer to get us into the show because today we're going to do a jam-packed show of a bunch of stuff, a military corner coming your way with some kit and gear and haven't done that in a really long time, but I decided to do uh, a section because it's been so long and I mean, technically we're covering the military, but it's uh, the Biden administration trying to turn it into a Marxist hate America organization, which I'm sure is great with never Trumpers. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So that was a uh, propaganda video you're going to see because we're going to cover Israel today. That's what the IDF is still dealing with. That is a long montage because of the Capitol. We're going to cover that in a few seconds. And that is Biden rat-fucking. I mean, just rat-fucking uh, uh, Ronald Reagan line and then insulting the troops. So now within the last two podcasts, he threatened to run over reporters and he insulted the troops and called them dull. But there's no pushback from the media. When you know never Trumpers, you would be losing your shit if Trump said you're a dull crap. Everything we do is agenda. It is narrative. It is not based on facts. This, and I'm on the wrong screen, which that's not a good way to start the show that's that's pretty fucking bad we'll just click through all of them fuck it this is real boys and girls they opened a plant to do their spot because they're working with the biden administration so ford could get some pr for their lightning seventy thousand dollar electric truck that nobody wants it wasn't even an open plant it's going to be idle for two weeks do you know what that would be under Trump? Do you know? Wasn't even mentioned. And then we have this huge thing, and I'm going to cover it briefly because there's more to come out of it. Yeah, they're going to change everything with guns, my friends. Because they can't get the legislation they want. They're just going to regulate out Pretty much everything with your guns. So you can't do private sales. And this is coming from the DOJ. Not newsworthy. Not newsworthy at all. But why would it be? I mean, why would we... Why? Anybody. Talk to me. Why? There's a lot of pauses here because this shit is just the beginning. By the end of the show, it's just nonstop, one after the other bullshit that our media is propagating. You get into the anti-Semites. Apartheid states aren't democracy? Ben Shapiro. This is the truth. This this is truth. Number of Jews in Egypt, 10. Total population, 100 million. Jordan, Zir, Saudi, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Iran. Number of Arabs in Israel, 1.9. 
number of Jews in Gaza, zero. So who is the apartheid state? And on top of it, we have this from whatchamacallit. Instead of talking about facts, we're upset that the New York Times took money from Fox. That was a big story this week. Chris Hayes. If you try to keep one foot on a boat, one on the dock, and end up the water, the same is true for trying to straddle the big lie. This week, we went big lying. And before I get into the rebuttals on the big lie, because I have a lot of them, I'm going to blow this up. This is what was on your TV this week. America, love it or leave it. If you don't have respect in American democracy anymore... If you don't respect Madisonian checks and balances, if your guy doesn't win, if that's the new rules of engagement for this great republic, then just leave our country. Get the facts. Live in the light. Follow the truth. And love this country. And stop this. Oh, man. What does that ass remind you of? Just do it. Peaceful protest, 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 peaceful protesters. Versus action when it comes to Russia. President Biden and his administration tonight are waiving sanctions against the company overseeing construction of Russia's energy pipeline into Germany, a pipeline that Russian President Vladimir Putin desperately wants to complete. Republican lawmakers say President Biden's decision is a violation of U.S. law. They fear the project will strengthen Russian influence in Europe and increase European dependence on Moscow. And they also point out the irony that after four years of accusing President Trump of being a willing or unwilling agent of Russia, that on policy, the Biden administration seems to be much friendlier to Putin on a number of fronts. State Department correspondent Rich Edson has details tonight. Good evening, Rich. Good evening, Brett. And the Biden administration will justify and then waive sanctions on the company that's in charge of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and its CEO citing U.S. national security interests. That's Now, that is a... I played it in the intro and I played it again. That is a 
a private agency is putting out that video of all the violence. That's the Russian pipeline. That's Joe Scarborough losing his shit, talking about leave the country if you can't accept the results of an election. You know, I know it's tough for people that hate Trump. I know, I, I personally... Oh, hold on a second. I finally got it. Good. Fantastic. That took a long time to make. I don't know what the fuck happened. I was making our bumper for Military Corner, and it was just like not wanting to work out on Kapling. Because you hated Trump, and, and I've lost a friend over it. Because we look at January 6th differently. A couple groups tussling with cops. Everything about it was a lie. Nobody was murdered. Nobody was beaten. Everybody who died was natural causes. The only person that was actually killed was Ashley Babbitt. Shot in the face. And now they want to do a commission. So they continue this because they don't have Trump anymore. Their plan of using Trump forever is not working because Trump doesn't have a fucking avenue to talk from. And you look at all these people that are talking and just forgetting the last four years. For four years, to this day, we do not accept the election of 2016. That is... Hold on a second. I got to close the door before I got the Huskies in today and they're, they're going crazy on me. And I forgot to close the door, and you're about to get bomb-rushed by a 80-pound wolf-looking dude. Big Odin. Good Lord. Anyway, um, they don't accept it. They've never accepted it. Hillary's still walking around saying she did not lose the election. And everything on the other side of it's a lie. So we go into January 6th, and everybody who hates Trump says that's worse than the Civil War, and you got Schumer staying and stuff like this, and all this crazy crap. While we had a whole summer of burning, as a person that's not a Trumper, but who's standing here looking, one of these things is not like the other, what happened on January 6th was wrong, it was horrible, a bunch of people did wrong things. But there's 400 people in jail. There's nobody in jail for a summer of violence. There are people in solitary confinement, but for an hour a day, for trespassing. There are people that burn down federal courthouses. Nothing. Do you get into the smarter than I when the media and other prominent Democrats all the way up to Hillary Clinton and Jimmy Carter spent four years hysterically repeating that Donald Trump was a traitor who colluded with Russia to steal the 2016 election? We didn't call that a big lie. Why is that? That lie was used to win multiple elections that dominated news with daily updates suggesting it was somehow true. It was used to bully weak Republicans away from an agenda for telling the lie. The media gave itself many awards, but for some reason, it wasn't called a lie. But in an election when media invented fake stories, Afghan bounties, Azine Marn, suppressed real ones, Biden family corruption, pushed fake polls, unprecedented tech censorship, silenced opposition, and there was a revolution in voting. You could have no questions 
convenient. I don't recall the corrupt media demanding every Democrat denounce Nancy Pelosi for this tweet or calling it a big lie. In fact, they agreed with it and helped her push the claim of a hijacked election. It's true, Brian York says. She said that. Some Democrats' media defenders today suggest they didn't really mean it back then. They weren't really claiming that 2016 election was illegitimate. Not like Trump. But the record is what it is. It's just what it is. 2016 to 2020, Russia stole the election for Trump. 2020, the president admin admit Biden won or you're spreading the big lie. It's on everything we do. Every subject we do is done in this prism where the left can say or do their allies, their thugs in the street. They can beat, maim, destroy. You go to church, you're a piece of shit, but COVID magically doesn't do anything at a protest. Of course, we find out that nobody ever got got COVID, but, you know, for you, you need to stay in your house. For you, you're going to get arrested if you take your kids to the fucking park unmasked. And then you get into the propagation of this, and it's what I always bitch about, so this is a good one by Tom Bevins. I stopped watching the Sunday shows years ago because, well, they're generally awful, but they are a reliable indicator of the bias and groupthink of the Beltway Pungs class. This week is a perfect example. Lots of news cover, including a surprise CDC announcement on mask and shooting war in Middle East, but of course, the Sunday shows, with exception well, I'll get to it later, devoted the majority of their time to covering Liz Cheney, ouster of GOP conference chair. Let's start with the worst, which not surprisingly was Chuck Todd, Meet the Press. He did two interviews, one with Representative Dan Crenshaw and one with, Jen- with Adam Kinziger. That was followed by a panel discussion that included two left-to-center journalists, Kristen Welker of NBC and Peter Baker of New York Times, Democrat Donna Edwards and Republican Brendan Buck, who worked for Speaker Ryan and Boehner and Bax Cheney. Overall, Todd devoted 43.5% of his program to the Cheney GOP dispute, roughly 21 minutes. CDC guideline received 24.6% of MTP's airtime. Biden challenges 123 and the conflict in the Middle East was 5.3 minutes, or 5.3%, or 2 minutes, 32 seconds. ABC This Week with Martha Raddus was just as bad. 43% of the entire program was devoted to Cheney GOP dispute, including a long interview with Cheney herself. CDC guidelines, 21.9 Middle East, 14.1% fallout for Colonial Pipeline hack, 7.1% on infrastructure. Fox News Sunday also gave most of its airtime to Cheney. Also featured long interview with Cheney herself, plus three minutes of discussion for panelist Steve Hayes, no fan of Trump, and Dem Juan Williams ditto, and Chris Wallace devoted 31.4% of his airtime to Cheney. The only show that didn't devote the majority of their time to Cheney, in fact, didn't mention her name at all, was Face the Nation. John Nickerson had an exclusive interview with BB in total devoted 39.6% coverage to the Middle East. Colonial Pipeline fallout got 17.8. CDC was 15.5. Ernst and Gillibrand bipartisan effort to deal with sex assault in the military received 5, 15.3. It's every week. 
It's the frame. It, we talked about it too, pot. It's the tip. You're going to get the tip, and that tip's just going to be the agenda of the never Trump, we hate conservatives. Now, they're just, they're just horrible people. Megan Kelly, this says so much about the state of media today. GOP civil war, let's go. Record number of border arrest encounters, yawn. Ted Cruz agreed with her. Richard Grinnell agreed with her. But there's the proof of the pudding. Let me get this up here and bring it down a bit so my face isn't covered. One minute and 43 seconds about inflation. Three minutes and 36 seconds on government checks hurting job growth. Zero on deficit and jobs. Zero on the border. Biden loans combined coverage. Five minutes and 19 seconds. That's all they did. And then when you get in the meat and potatoes of this article, right here, these are all facts. This isn't conjecture. This things are not good for normal Americans. But you're in red state, or you're here, or you're there. They they don't care. Fuck you. Blue states are handing, still handing out big time checks. But we we don't cover it. We don't cover this. The hateful stuff is still happening. These are people cheering. It's all over the place. This is the New York, the New Yorker Union. We'll get to this in a second. This, I think, is just... It sums up everything. It sums up everything we have. This week... Raskin floats a stupid letter that wasn't made by the Capitol Police that said somebody in the Capitol Police is telling you if you don't vote for this, you don't care about police, you don't care about the country. So now we realize the Capitol Police is politicized because somebody in there got it out on official letterhead, and then the Capitol Police says, yeah, we don't do that. Joe Cunningham sums it up nicely. The pearl clutching over the 1-6 commission is done by people who are so invested in the inner beltway that they can't understand how little voters care. It's a fucking economic crisis right now, and Congress is arguing over something everyone else has moved on from. Just a reminder, it wasn't an insurrection. There was no order or structure to it. There was no plan. It was chaos. A brief moment of anarchy committed by idiots who don't understand how elections work. There were never any actual danger to the republic. The commission will happen. Everyone will forget about it. The Democrats will release results to say Donald Trump inspired the people to do this, which was come as a shock to no one, and we'll move on again. 
Meanwhile, across the country, people really want to get back to work, except teachers' unions, who are just pretending to, to do so, won't be mad and move their children to private schools or homeschool them. Kevin McCarthy would be comfortable in a latter wig party. And at the same time this week, look at this, cooperation with Russia. We need to have cooperation with Russia. What? What? What the fucking fuck? What the fucking fuck, folks? How? Then you have this this week. This I'm just going to go through it. I guess Representative Maloney didn't like being caught without her mask. You're the type of person who would have sent the Nazis location of Jews in hiding. Her people like this because somebody did a tweet showing she wasn't wearing a mask on an airplane. And a Republican did it, and her people called them Nazis. There's the picture. It is allowed now. We are literally allowing this to be the rhetoric. You're a Nazi if you don't think like us. Schumer. On January 6th, GOP Senator Ron Johnson said by and large it was peaceful protests. Some Republicans like the mob, the normal tourists. Capitol was breached and Capitol police officers were injured and killed. They, this Senate will vote on January 6th commission. No. Nobody was killed. No. That's a lie. This, that, it's just a lie. House approves $1.9 billion to bolster capital security for what? What? What are you securing? There have been no attacks. The last attack on a police officer who was actually killed was by a black Islamist that they don't even talk about. But once again, we got 400 people arrested. Nobody arrested for fucking Black Lives Matter protests, riots, looting, murdering, burning. That That's not, they're not in jail. We have people that don't even see the light of day, but one hour a day. For trespassing. Nobody was murdered. There isn't even proof that people were hit with lead pipes because they won't release the videos. What does that say? You got Talib surrounded. These are Islamists. That's on our Instagram. These people believe in this. It's all interconnected. It's all interconnected. And the reason why it's interconnected is because while you were saying everybody who questioned an election, just like you did for four years, made up stories spent millions of dollars doing investigations that found nothing. The previous administration, Obama, wiretapped his fucking opposition, and we just swept it all under the rug. Your party is calling for the elimination of Israel. The Jihad Squad. And the only person's up here putting truth to power, as you people say. Tucker Carlson. A mysterious letter appeared on Capitol Hill this week. It was addressed to every member of the U.S. Congress. 
The letter arrived on the official letterhead of the United States Capitol Police. But it wasn't from the chief or from any individual officer. Instead, the letter was signed, Proud Members of the United States Capitol Police. So it was anonymous. And that was the first tip. This was not your average security bulletin. It definitely was not. It was instead a political demand. The letter instructed members of Congress to vote yes to establish a, quote, January 6th Insurrection Commission. Police officers anonymously demanding the people they protect vote a certain way on a specific piece of legislation? Haven't seen that before. Most people have long assumed the Capitol Hill Police Department was a law enforcement agency. Members of Congress certainly believe that. They trust their lives to the Capitol Hill Police. And that's why Capitol Hill Police don't lobby Congress. That would be a dangerous conflict of interest backed by an implied threat. Do what we say or watch your back. In this case, that's exactly what they were saying to Republicans. Quote, we members of the United States Capitol Hill Police write this letter to express our profound disappointment with the recent comments from both chambers' minority leaders, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, expressing no need for a January 6th commission. We are expected to remain neutral and do our jobs with honor and integrity, the letter continued. It is unfortunate that our bosses, Congress, are not held to the same standard that we, the USCP, are. Well, that's a ransom note. Imagine getting it from one of your own bodyguards. It might be enough to make you rethink your position, which is, of course, the point of it. The Capitol Police are now effectively an armed political action committee. So you've got to ask, what other partisan demands will they make in the future? To Capitol Hill Police have strong views on voter ID laws? How about taxpayer-funded abortion or our next trade deal with China? If so, they've got the muscle to make their voices heard. You can see why this is setting a very bad precedent. But it didn't bother Democrats. It helped them in the short term. So they immediately put that letter to use. Congressman Jimmy Raskin of Maryland passed the letter around. His chief of staff sent it to every other chief of staff on Capitol Hill, along with this note. Mr. Raskin is hoping your bosses will read this letter before the vote. Well, today, CNN announced it has discovered who wrote this letter. Who was it? They're not going to tell you. Because CNN agrees with the contents of the letter, they've decided to keep that information from the public. Sorry, you can't know. It's like the Capitol Hill police or Catholic school kids from Covington, Kentucky. No, they're allies of CNN, and CNN has an obligation to protect them. And of course, in this case, the stakes are too high not to. As Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer reminded us yesterday, what happened on January 6th at the Capitol is comparable to the American Civil War. What the Republicans are doing, the House Republicans, is beyond crazy to be so far under the thumb of Donald J. Trump. Letting the most dishonest president in American history dictate the prerogatives of the Republican Party will be its demise. We all know there needs to be a thorough and honest accounting of what took place on January 6th. The greatest attempted insurrection since the Civil War. Oh, it was an insurrection. So how many of the participants in that insurrection have been charged with insurrecting, with sedition, with treason? Zero. By the Biden Justice Department said they've been charged with effectively trespassing. But you can still see the similarities. During the Civil War, more than half a million people were shot to death. On January 6th, one person was shot to death, and she turned out to be an unarmed Trump voter gunned down without explanation by the Capitol Hill police. But other than that, basically the same thing. 
Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio made a similarly sweeping and overheated point. He didn't mention Gettysburg or Shiloh. But Ryan did point out that anyone who votes against this commission is responsible for climate change. We have people scaling the Capitol, hitting the Capitol police with lead pipes across the head, and we can't get bipartisanship. If we're going to take on China, if we're going to rebuild the country, if we're going to reverse climate change, we need two political parties in this country that are both living in reality, and you ain't one of them. A thug, a screamer, hysterical, but apparently he made a compelling argument. 35 Republicans in the House of Representatives voted for that commission. It's the position of Democrats in the Congress. Of course, the real agenda is very different. The people who saw the, oversaw the Russian collusion hoax want to keep investigating because it gives them power. And of course, this is all aimed at their political opponents. That's the whole point. If they're unwilling to establish what would be in the best public interest, we're not going to let the events go uninvestigated. And so there are other alternatives. They are not as ideal as a bipartisan commission. So we're going to make every effort to get that done. But we are going to insist on getting answers one way or the other. Ron Johnson is a senator from the state of Wisconsin. He's a Republican. He's interested in what happened on January 6th, and he's leading his own investigation into it. Senator, I appreciate your coming on tonight. Before I ask you about what you're finding about what happened on this day that we all saw live on television, uh, let me ask you, should we trust the people who came up with Russiagate that this is just a nonpartisan effort to get to the truth? What do you think this is really about? Oh, absolutely not. And what this is all about is uh, they're probably figuring out they can't impeach Donald Trump for a third time. So this is the only way they can keep their false narrative that there were thousands of armed insurrectionists as the storm the Capitol, intent on overthrowing this government. And then by extension, they can paint with a very broad brush that the 75 million Americans that voted for Donald Trump are also potentially domestic terrorists and would be armed exactly. insurrectionists themselves if, if the FBI doesn't intervene soon enough. So this is all about a narrative that paints Donald Trump supporters as threats to this nation. And, and to continue, the, the most severe crackdown on civil liberties since the Woodrow Wilson administration, it's terrifying what's going on. So why, why have some Republicans fallen for this in the House? 35 of them, I think. Well, I suppose some of them take a look at what the media has done to me for pushing back. They pretty well take a look at me as a roadkill and say, ooh, don't, don't want any of that. Um, so there's, there's an enormous amount yeah. of media pressure and it's just amazing. Your, your previous guest uh, has been vilified as well. It's amazing how you get attacked for just telling obvious and simple truths. That's right. And as long as you care, they control you. And you obviously have reached a point where you don't care. And thank God for that. So let me, let me ask you, you, you've looked into this as honestly as you can. How would you describe what happened on January 6th? Well, I would point everybody to the 14-page uh, eyewitness account that I entered into our hearing record uh, in February, our first hearing. Uh, by the way, I was vilified after that. The, the chairwoman of the committee came out and said, Here, here's Senator Johnson goes again, entering another conspiracy theory into the record. But this was written by J. Michael Waller. He's a, he's a very knowledgeable observer. He's a professor of political warfare at Fort Bragg. He went to uh, the Capitol on January 6th to observe, and he did. And he wrote down his eyewitness account before he listened to any news items, uh, news uh, reports. And what he found is that the v vast majority of the people there 
were peacefully protesting. They were in a jovial mood, but he did recognize about four groups that were distinctly different, people that were determined. And he really kind of laid out uh, in 14 pages kind of what happened there, how, how these agitators were able to use that crowd, combined with, by the way, tear gas all of a sudden being fired into the crowd, which, which baffled and to a certain extent incensed them as well. So you should take a look at that uh, accounting because as I've traveled back to Wisconsin, I've talked to Wisconsinites that have also been at the Capitol. They go, you know, thank you, Senator, for, for speaking the truth because what you're saying is what actually happened. That's the truth. Now, I have to say, I condemn the violence. We all do. It was repugnant. It was repulsive. Of course. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't happy with it, by the way. It cut off a very important debate about courts and other unelected officials usurping the constitutional responsibility of state legislators to set the times, matters, and place of elections. Once again, we've already done an investigation on the Capitol. 400 people were arrested. We couldn't find Hunter's laptop, but we found 400 people. Anybody that trespassed was arrested and charged while he simultaneously released anybody who was involved with a BLM protest. The problem I have with it is, once again, if you're going to try to make an extreme country, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. You conflate that a certain group of people are bad for doing what the other people are doing. You have two forms of justice. As I did in the last show, it's totally the same. New York Times loves pro-Palestinian social media, refreshing anti-Israel attacks, and they, they spotlighted people doing horrible shit so bad that people like Michael Buble and other stars slam biased reporting on the conflict. That's going on on a ledge. AP torched for claiming there were unaware Hamas intel operations in the building. Difficult to believe. We find out that in 2014, AP did the same thing. AP wouldn't report that they were launching rockets next to their building. AP wouldn't film fighters who were damaged, injured. They'd only film civilians in Gaza that were injured by bombs. It was just framed. AOC is preparing to introduce a resolution that would block the United States planning 735 million sales of bombs to Israel. They're trying to stop the Iron Dome. They don't want that to come out. Nets ignore Rashida Tlaib's fundraiser with Holocaust skeptics. That was the picture I showed you. I only have one positive Israel soundbite. It'll be on the back end when Dan Bogdigo dick slaps Geraldo Rivera. And we're going to turn now to the Middle East, where there is no end in sight for the deadly conflict between Israel and Hamas. The Israeli military spokesman says that as long as rockets are being fired at Israel, de-escalation is not on the table. CBS's Holly Williams was in the West Bank today. 
Today, the West Bank erupted. The Palestinians called it a day of rage. The Palestinians have been throwing stones, and the Israeli soldiers, who were about 300 yards away on that hillside, have been shooting tear gas canisters and live fire. Dozens of Palestinians were reported injured and four killed. Israel claims two soldiers were shot in the leg, though we saw no guns on the Palestinian side. Many Palestinians feel powerless. Just listen to Maysoon Ali, a banker who told us she used to live in the U.S. If you are living in Washington, D.C., or in Chicago, or in L.A., accept the neighbor to come and take a piece of land or a piece of furniture from your house, nobody accepts it. Hamas, a group considered a terrorist organization by the U.S., has fired more than 3,000 rockets at Israel since last week, killing two civilians today. In retaliation, the tiny, poverty-stricken Gaza Strip has been shattered by Israeli airstrikes. So right now, it benefits Benjamin Netanyahu's politics uh, to continue this assault. Unfortunately, it also benefits Hamas's politics to continue to lob rockets uh, into, into Israel. And so, notwithstanding the pressure that we may be putting on both sides, uh, the, the forces inside uh, both of those political infrastructures, uh, unfortunately, um, push against compromise, um, push both sides away from a ceasefire. You know, I, I, there's been these images I've seen of, of the, the Iron Dome system, right? So this, this missile defense system the U.S. partly funded uh, that has been intercepting Hamas rockets into Israel. And those rockets are being fired, uh, as a Palestinian human rights lawyer said, said on this show last night, indiscriminately civilians, a war crime by definition. And the Iron Dome has worked quite well. Today, some got through. I think two uh, uh, Thai nationals, Israeli, died as a result. But I look at those images and I think, well, good. That, that's good. I'm glad that those rockets are being intercepted. I also, there's some part of me, it's like, can we get an Iron Dome for Gaza? Can the American taxpayer foot the bill to protect innocent children in Gaza, where there's 2 million people in one of the most densely parted, uh, populated parts of the world so that they don't have death rain down upon them? Yeah, not so long as Hamas is running Gaza. Brian, I mean, in effect, it becomes a rules of engagement kind of issue here, right? I mean... They literally blew up the entire building and collapsed. And, I, and I've been in these buildings in Gaza before. You have multiple news outlets often there. I mean, a question is, was there an alternative, right? I mean, if it's an electronic issue, could you have targeted that office, that line, rather than blowing up the whole building? I do know that they gave a warning to journalists, which, which is why we had the, that video, that, so that they could get out prior to the attack. Right, which is why no one was killed, thankfully. Mm -hmm. But it's still incredibly shocking to see a, a building a housing journalist targeted by an airstrike. And uh, it is very unusual. That is why media groups have been calling for more information. And this step by Israel to say some of the details about the intelligence is a step in the right direction. It does, as you said, Jim, come down now to the, the rules of war, the law of war. Uh, in the aftermath of the attack, I spoke with David French, a former U.S. Army lawyer who did some of these same targeting decisions in Iraq during the U.S. invasion of Iraq. Here's what he said about the laws of war in this case. I served as an army lawyer and applied the laws of war in these contexts. And the laws actually that apply are pretty simple. The facts are complicated. The simple truth is that you do in fact convert a civilian target to a military target if a military force uses that civilian target and, or that civilian facility. And that includes any kind of civilian facility. That includes a mosque, that includes a hospital, that includes a school. There are no targets off limits once an army decides to use it. 
And that once again underscores the asymmetric nature of this conflict happening in urban areas, happening with Israel and its incredible technological and military might versus Hamas. And the allegation, of course, here is that Hamas was using these journalists as human shields. Uh, you know, incredible if true. And Israel is saying today, here is the evidence. We say that it was true. It was happening. Yeah, I mean, it, it still raises other questions, though, because even if it's a military target, the U.S. military deals with this all the time. For instance, with drone strikes, you, you assess, at least U.S. military, right, the potential human. Israel uh, is, has used American weapons to do this in violation of American law. The president could say, we're going to look into that, for example. He could say many other things. Um, and he could say things publicly. He could allow the Security Council to issue a resolution. I would put a lot of this down to the uh, uh, willingness of this administration to grant impunity to Israel, no matter how egregious its violations. And how many people died? 227 is a lot of people, most of them innocent civilians. Representative Ocasio-Cortez, Mark Pocan, and Rashida Tlaib, they are lead sponsors of a bill to actually get at that money, to say they want to block this $735 million in military aid going to Israel. That feels like a, a real change. The media itself is finally beginning to air both sides of the dispute. Uh, social media is doing things that you all are not able or willing to do. Uh, the images that people are seeing on social media, they cannot unsee. Uh, and I think that you have uh, changes that are going on. Things like the Tulsa riots, things like Black Lives Matter are seen as connected by a very large number of people, not just in the Democratic Party, but particularly, particularly young people on campuses, uh, young people uh, all over the country. I think people are, are moving in the direction of understanding that, that much, many of these bromides, Israel has a right to defend itself. Do Palestinians have a right to defend themselves? Israel's security. The most insecure people in Palestine and Israel are Palestinians. And we talk about Israel's security. Joining us with more, Fox News contributor Dan Bongino, Fox News correspondent at large, Geraldo Rivera. Uh, Geraldo, your reaction to that policy and more broadly to Biden's weakness abroad. Biden, what, Biden's going to lecture Israel when Israel's got thousands of rockets fired right into their cities to destroy the people of Israel with a stated charter that says and calls for the destruction of Israel. You don't support that, Geraldo, do you? You know, Sean, it is shocking and outrageous to me that in all the discussions of what's happening in Israel, the fact that Palestinians are being killed at the rate of uh, 15 or 20 times the uh, death toll among the Israelis, including children, is uh, absolutely... Haraldo, uh, uh, let me stop you. It is abhorrent whoa, whoa. to me. The they, Palestinians how about, how about are digging they themselves stop, out from how under about the collapse of their buildings. How about the terrorist organization Hamas stop firing those rockets from hospitals and schools and have densely populated areas? Uh, why, and, why, do, uh, no, why don't, no, don't why, we? No, no, because they're the ones that fired first. If American city got hurt, it would be all America, all hands on deck. And if innocent people die, you blame the people that start there the war. There are dozens of Palestinian children dead. There are dozens of Palestinian children dead. And whose fault is that? With, whose with fault is that? With ammunition provided to Israel by the United Her States without Heraldo, even a demand for a ceasefire. Fault I demand is that? a ceasefire. I demand, I, I my demand that Israel demand win the war. Israel needs to win the war against terrorism and terrorists that are We're firing rockets the at their people. Let's kill, Dan all. Let's kill all these all these children. 
Dan. Geraldo, you do this every time. It, it, this is such garbage, and I'm really, I'm really getting sick of it. You play this emotional game with the audience and use your position of responsibility to put out misinformation you know, stop and BS. You did it me, on the police thing. Address the issue. You did it, uh, Do you have the guts to address the, the issue and not again. address it? You, you just, this you is not about yourself, me. Can you? This, you didn't come Ever. on this show you to attack me. Yourself. You came on no, the show to talk about the issue. Because again, Do you have a point about the issue? You're your position of authority I'm sick of you, Bongino. I'm sick of you. You're a punk. Punk. Outrage. <laughs> Geraldo, You're let him talk. Uncontrolled lunatic. Geraldo, I'm sorry, let him talk. Because you can't go on the air. I'm really? an out of control Can you lunatic. Calm down? Yeah, you really I'm need to calm down. I'm a 10 time Emmy winner Maybe with deep experience in the Middle East. Right, guys, Have you guys, ever even okay. been there? Have Geraldo, you ever even been, been there? Point, Sean. I've covered Sean, every war since I want to make my point when he stops talking. Geraldo, when he stops talking, I do have a point. If your point is about me, I'm not going to stop. If your point's going to be about me, I'm not going to stop. Geraldo Rivera does not understand that Hamas doesn't believe in Israel's right to exist. Hamas wants the Jews dead. And what does he do? The same thing with the police issue. He makes this an emotional thing, and he says, the Palestinian children. Of course we care about Palestinian children. You know the way we save yeah, Palestinian children? I haven't heard you children? say it. I haven't we heard you incentivize say it. the terror group Hamas to not fire rockets indiscriminately into Israel. And it would stop immediately. Your debate on, you are so misinformed on this. It's pathetic. It's a bloodthirsty, savage right, let me terror calm group. the waters here. Let me calm the waters. Geraldo, let me calm the waters here. Geraldo, who started this war? Who started firing the rockets? And who's firing well, you, them? Where do you want to go? You want to go back to 1967, 1973? Twelve. Kids can't play the Iron Dome in an outdoor in playground because they can't get in a bunker. They play in indoor bunker playgrounds. I've seen the rockets, 10,000 in one city in 10 years. A Palestinian Here's my life question, is exactly equal to an Israeli life or an American life. Who do you blame for firing the rockets first? Who do you blame for firing it from densely populated areas and hospitals this and schools? Started this, in, this current chapter of this ongoing violence started when Israeli cops raided the Aqsa Mosque in, old, in the old city oh, of Jerusalem. Get out it of here. Most, one of the most you're sacred, just lying. It is one of the most sacred places. You don't know what you're talking about. It is one of the about. most sacred places in the... Listen to this guy. This guy doesn't... He's, have you ever been? Have you been at war? Have you I've been, been there many times. Have you, I'm showing uh, video I've, of me uh, there. No, but you haven't either. That's the interesting thing. I have been there multiple times. I, that tunnel right there, that was built with Israeli and American money and cement, and that's a, that's a, that, was, that, that cement was meant for hospitals and schools, guys. That cement right there, 60 feet underground tunnels so that these terrorists can sneak in the dark of the night and kill Israelis why and commit do, why acts Why don't you ever show the dead Palestinian he children? Why don't you ever show the video of the dead Palestinian Because if I ever stepped foot in, they don't, they don't in Gaza, often. I'd be dead. They don't count. It's like Geraldo, they don't exist. You don't even understand the, the history The Palestinian children this are being killed and they don't exist. Demand Geraldo, a ceasefire. You don't even I understand your own history. 
Geraldo, who controlled fire. that Palestinian area from 48 now. to 67? Fire. The no Jordanian weapons used who, to kill children. Stop it. So they can kill more Jews? I demand a ceasefire. All right, no, we'll leave it there. Of, of, right, so they can rearm and kill more Jews. This is great. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right enough. Mediaite has their headline. We'll move on. All right, come. I have one other we'll play at the end, and it'll be Ben Shapiro, who actually is covering it. Both sides. This is the AP. AP fires brand new reporter for hot tweets on Israel. Right wing is blamed. Objectively feel fickle when the basic terms we use to report news implicitly stake a claim using Israel but never Palestine or war but not siege and occupation are political choices, yet media make those exact choices all the time without being flagged as biased. Glenn Kessler. Amazingly how quickly a talented young reporter's career can be snuffed out by Twitter mob that decided to feign outrage over some college tweets. And if V. Lidler somehow violated AP's social media rules, the solution is to offer guidance, not termination. That's the fact checker. That's your fact checker right there. That's how fact checking works in our new world. New York Times, ultra soft on GOP and weakened labeling, soft on Antifa and AOC. Whole thing, how awesome they are. And understand, all this is in the backdrop of this violence that these people know about. Yeah, yeah, this is this is Dude, that was fucking really fucking bad. They're fucking beating this Why? kid up. Why are like, they don't say any, don't say any of her names. Yeah, nice peaceful protest. I feel so fucking bad for the dog. Fucking beat him with a pole. Hi, there's a group of people, like 30 people that stopped and attacked a man on La Cienega in between Oakwood and is this third street up here? I believe third street. Uh, there's like a they have a We're here outside Sushi Fumi in West Hollywood. A group of Palestinians, about 30 of them, jumped out of a car and asked who was Jewish. Two guys said they were, and they proceeded to beat them up. A couple of people stepped in, even uh, a Christian Arab jumped out to help. Guy in the gray shirt right here. They're apparently going around the city and asking who's Jewish and beating him up. This is America, guys. Things are not looking good. Guys, 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 guys,
I'm in L.A. Pal Pro-Palestinian. It was all over the place. Nobody covered it. Other than Fox. And then we had all this drama and Ben crumping. And then they release another video showing the cops did nothing. Protesters have gathered tonight in North Carolina after a district attorney decided not to bring charges against deputies in the shooting death of a black man last month. The DA explained his decision, saying Andrew Brown Jr., quote, ignored commands and, quote, drove directly at a deputy, a police deputy. Attorneys for the family disagree, saying that portions of body cam uh, footage released today do not indicate that Brown was using his car as a weapon. So far, all the video has not been released. Today, the family petitioned the court for the full release. The sheriff has also asked a court to release the video. He says the DA concluded that no criminal law was violated by the deputies. However, quote, this was a terrible and tragic outcome and we could do better. Now, because there's such an intense mix of opinion about what the tape shows, we want to show it to you now. We want to warn you, this tape shows the end of a man's life and is disturbing.
I'm joined now by one of the attorneys for Andrew Brown Jr.'s family, Benjamin Crump. Uh, Mr. Crump, I appreciate you joining us. I, I want to play the video again as we talk to you. What, what is your reaction? This is the first time I'm seeing it. What is your reaction to what it shows and to the district attorney calling the shooting justified? Well, it's outrageous, Anderson, that this district attorney will attempt to whitewash this unjustified killing of a black man moving away from him where they would shoot him in the back of his brain when he posed no threat of violence or harm to them, clearly based on they are out of any harm's way as he's moving away from them. And this follows a pattern, Anderson, where black men in America who are unarmed are repeatedly shot in the back by police. With the media that we have right now, do you, do you are, are you surprised with any of this? That there's people roaming the street beating Jews and they don't want to cover it? I mean, here's just a smidgen of hate for their opposing party, which is anybody who doesn't think like them. But right now, our democracy is in danger and it's because of one party, and that's the Republican Party. And the Democratic Party, in order to save this, this democracy, needs to stand up and needs to be stronger. They need to become more cunning. They need to realize what is at stake. And what's at stake is really America. What happened on January 6th was an attempt to undermine our democracy, to rip away our election, to undo our republic. That is not similar to the other protests that we have seen, to the other violence we have seen. That is not similar, as Kevin McCarthy suggested, to the violence on the baseball field uh, where the shooting occurred of Republican members of Congress. It brings us to 2022, in which this now becomes the story in that election. Police claim the deputies were attempting to serve search warrants and arrest warrants related to drug charges. Armed like a military unit invading 2003 Baghdad, no less. Is that how it's supposed to work? The Republican obsession with falsifying our nation's history continues, with nearly a dozen states, including GOP-backed, introducing GOP-backed bills that would ban schools from teaching critical race theory, a decades-old academic concept that examines systemic racism. It's the latest issue conservatives are fixated on. And as with Antifa or democracy, they don't seem to understand what it is. Accuracy doesn't seem to matter to this party, now does it? Now this war against a clear-eyed, factual understanding of our history, which is all critical race theory is. Every day. Every day those people, those people. I mean, you even heard a person say that shooting up a baseball field has nothing to do with January 6th. Yeah, that was murder. You're, you're quite correct. Uh, a guy, this is Los Angeles, folks, because beating up Jews in California will advance Palestinian people said, hey, you think CNN's going to shut off Fox News and maybe cover this? Dylan Hoosier, a moment ago, a group of pro-Palestinian attacked a table of Persian Jews. More video, more video, more video. Open season, season on Jews in New York City. We played it last podcast. Josh Kroshauer. New York City Jew residents attacked by pro-Palestinian protesters speak out. They wanted blood. Stephen L. Miller, time to revisit this one. Joe Biden, remember, every example of violence Donald Trump decries has happened on his watch, under his leadership, during his presidency. I mean, we... 
we even have this. Where the hell is it? Keith Oberman. When a person called out AOC for owning a Tesla and parking it incorrectly, attacking his kid. It's all the time. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. And it, and these are the people that want to do a commission to find out why there was violence. Yet they call for violence every day. And before we go into policies, this soundbite you're about to hear Tennessee lawmakers fuming after migrants reportedly snuck into state. They're expressing alarm after videos emerged showing airplanes quietly transporting unaccompanied illegal immigrant children into the state in the dead of night after the state's governor told the president last week not to do it. And videos obtained by WRCB TV Channel 3, multiple planes carrying minors could be seen arriving at Wilson Air Center in Chattanooga. It's a small airport. And other videos posted Thursday, the children who carried matching bags and appeared to be in their early teens were put on buses staged on a tarmac. In total, there were four buses. The White House did not immediately respond to the post request for comment on the video, nor did the Department of Homeland Security. Speaking to Fox News, Marsha Blackman accused the Biden administration of transporting migrants in the dead of night without the knowledge or permission of a community involved. There's pictures, videos. They just snuck them in. And if you remember and are a lot older than 12, this happened under Obama. How the fuck do you think Omar got elected? They dumped thousands of fleeing Libyans and Syrians. And red states said, we don't want them. Because you're not screening them, you're not checking their backgrounds. There is no way to check the backgrounds. They don't have. A, they don't even have a government. They just dumped them. Now, one of the driving things that Tucker Carlson says, and I played on the show, and is attacked for, and I have said because I read the articles a long time ago, we can replace them. Is a conspiracy theory. Well, here's the uh, guy who invented MSNBC. Now to longtime media executive, editor-at-large at Newsweek, and founder of CNBC and MSNBC, Tom Rogers. And Tom, you're looking at the relationship between corporate America and politics. And in your new column for Newsweek, you write in part, essentially, I am proposing creating a corporate initiative to turn demography into political destiny for key swing states. If corporate America decided that it would support a new corporate great migration to swing states of women, young and diverse employees, those most likely to vote against big lie candidates, especially when we're talking about the very thin voter margins for Biden we saw in Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin. This could reshape the voter demography of those states in a short period of time. This is a somewhat radical proposal for a corporation to consider. But if corporations truly believe that the future of our democracy is at stake, is it really too radical to attempt? 
you could easily give incentives to people to move to Florida, to Texas, to North Carolina, uh, to Georgia, to Arizona. Nice weather, lower cost of living, lower taxes, and in so doing, probably accomplish a whole lot more in terms of uh, demography and its ultimate impact without in, at all affecting profits of corporations. And while CEOs wanted this to be a bipartisan issue, it doesn't look like it's going to be one. And I just don't see them coming in heavy guns to overturn uh, the filibuster rule in order to get federal legislation to protect voting rights. So what else can they do? And giving incentives to women, younger employees, diverse employees who may well want to have this kind of change of lifestyle that moving to these other states may involve, and at the same time, being able to more directly affect change in terms of not having the kind of slim margins where these Republican state legislatures still using the big lie as a rationale, ultimately setting up what could be a steal of uh, election in 2024 by allowing state legislatures to uh, overturn the popular vote. We got to do something. And the question is, would this be a way for corporations to affect a more democratic end? That's their policy. It's what they're trying to do in Texas. That's what they're trying to do everywhere. They, they don't want Americans to have a say in elections. They're going to replace Americans with immigrants who they'll give legal status and freebies to, and then they'll vote for them, and everything will be okie-dokie. Another guy that's been on top of this has been filming and is being called a fucking Nazi for it, Julio Rosa. He did an expose, and it looked like this. been a lot of criticism for, you know, neither President Biden or Vice President Harris have come down to visit the border. Would you want them to even do that? Uh, I absolutely. In fact, one of the interviews that I did, I, I'll come to my ranch. I'll take you down there. I'll show you around. You know, I do criticize them. I think it's a lack of interest. You know, I don't know what they're afraid of. You know, the media does a great job. All of you do a great job in covering the existing problem. It is a crisis. It's chaotic now. You know, it's gone beyond a crisis. It's chaos. And the president and the vice president, for some reason, I don't know why, they refuse to come down. They send emissaries or they send other people to come and check for them. Well, that's not the same. It's like me having somebody else doing this interview for you. You want me, you don't want somebody else telling you my story. Right? Yeah. That's how I feel about the president and the vice president. You know, they need to see it by themselves. Is that a common feeling among the other ranchers? Yes. By a lot of people. Whatever they can't win because they don't have ideas that Americans want because they're anti American. That's the whole platform of the left. It's always anti America. America's bad. America's a horrible place. Sixteen nineteen, yada yada. 
They want our place. Here we go again. Biden Pentagon to welcome discredited anti-Christian SPLC activists to vice counter-extremist working group. Which brings us to Bishop and why I keep covering it. It's no different than immigration. This guy wants to keep pushing far-left Marxism and today we're just going to cover a couple more because there's a new story. We say politics stops at the water's edge, but rarely have we... In, let me turn this damn light off. It's killing me. Uh, National Security has spoken out on the issue affecting us on our shore. My peace with blah, blah, blah and foreign policy shadow government calls for focus on one in particular, racial injustice. If you want to serve in the Trump administration, just say so. Also, please hand in your blue badge. This is absurd. Syrian Bobby, editor note, do you support the missile attack on Syria? He's an extremist. And now we find Pentagon to spy on military for concerning behaviors online And just like they're doing for you Americans, they're outsourcing it to a private organization. The military plans to surveil troops' personal social media accounts for extremist keywords per internal briefing. The Intercept investigator reporter Ken Flick Klippenstein wrote in a May 17 tweet, the tweet shared a harrowing article about the military, an extremism steering committee led by Bishop Garrison, a senior advisor to Secretary of Defense, is currently designed the social media screening pilot program, which will continuously monitor military personnel for concerning behaviors. The Intercept reported May 17th, a new surveillance program will attempt to work around protections from government overreach by relying on a private surveillance firm in order to circumvent the First Amendment restriction on government monitoring. The House Armed Service Committee downplayed the program intended reach, suggesting it would not be used as a tool for ongoing surveillance of all men and women in the uniform, but the committee did not did make a key admission. That said, Austin has been clear about his intention to understand to what extent extremism exists in the force and effects on good order and discipline. We look forward to hearing the results of the stand-down and the department's plan to move forward. Retired FBI agent Michael German, a fellow at the Brennan Center for Justice, Liberty, and National Security Program, torture surveillance plan using key words to monitor social media. is isn't just an unnecessary privacy invasion. It's a flawed strategy that will ensure it is short-lived, he warned. It will undoubtedly produce a flood of false positives that will waste security resources and undermine morale without identifying the real problem, which is the tolerance for those that openly engage in racist behavior and discrimination. Garrison is designing the program, was already made infamous reporting purging the military of former President Donald Trump supporters. Fox News primetime host Pete Hensick said about Garrison as purge. This, my friends, is a purge. A purge of the Defense Department. Is that okay? I'm sure never. Trumpers say, yeah, that's great. We shouldn't have those people. Anybody that doesn't think like us, shouldn't be able to be in the military. Yeah, okay. This is a cult. And before I get into Cuomo and some ashen trash, this is a cult. This is all over the internet. 
important people are pushing this out. And I've gotten HBO Max and been watching some cult stuff. Here's a trailer for the recent one we're watching, The Vow. If we understood the world and if we understood ourselves, that's worth everything. ESP Nexium is a methodology that allows people to optimize their behavior. Nexium is the umbrella company. Keith was the founder. He was a legend. Our main belief is to have people experience more joy in their lives. It's a worldwide organization. When conventional solutions don't work, maybe the unconventional way of thinking does. I was looking around at all these people that just didn't seem joyful. I started to get concerned. There's a secret organization in Nixium. They sign a lifetime vow of obedience and they're branding girls. And they're trying to recruit other women to do this. I'm so strong. Like you'd never be able to do what I just did. I always want to earn my authority. There's a lot of things about the organization. It's just not right. Our commitment is our power. You stay. There's no good way to leave. Ever. I have to expose what's going on. This has to be stopped. There are a group of people who are going to the press. We are filing criminal charges. You're branding my wife. Everybody is a blend of good and bad. We're playing some sort of game. Chances are I'm going to win. Nobody joins a cult. Everything about heaven's gate and this and and, and me and my wife we're, we're not like moon bats we're not looking for confirmation you know bias we're just watching a show and it's just amazingly evident that every one of these cults because we're on our third has its own language it has its own rules you break the rules, they bring it down the pain. It's what we're living right now. Intersectionality. Diversity. Give up your job. Quit. Because you're a racist piece of shit. And unequal law. There's Cuomo running around with that. And then they literally censor, and we're going to play it, his brother's shit. So it's two stories right now. One, he got the five million, his brother. Two, Cuomo was part of it. He was the steering committee telling him not to back down, to fight it. Feminist groups are pissed the fuck off right now. But Wemple, Chris Cuomo, busted for advising his governor brother, then BMSDNC contributor John Meacham, busted for helping candidate Biden with speeches. Fox News, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, busted numerous times for advising Trump. Worse, cable news folks. Probably because Hannity paid for Gingrich to fly on his own private jet to interview for the VP job. Counseled Trump folks in trouble with the law, including Manafort, for which there is text advised the public record. Advised Trump several times a week. And he goes on and says, well, Tucker's bad because he talks or something. Here's the reality. Hannity said he was working with Trump. Cuomo says he wasn't. 
But you goons think that's the same? Do you really think that's the same? Because this shit once again shows you it was a fucking banana. If you would, allow me a moment. If you'll remember, I told you back in the beginning of March, I can't cover my brother's troubles. It wouldn't be fair. And you got it then, and I appreciate you understanding. Now, today, there are stories out there about me offering my brother advice. Of course I do. This is no revelation. I have said it publicly, and I certainly have never hidden it. I can be objective about just about any topic, but not about my family. Those of you who watch this show get it. Like you, I bet my family means everything to me, and I am fiercely loyal to them. I'm family first, job second. But being a journalist and a brother to a politician is unique and a unique challenge, and I have a unique responsibility to balance those roles. It's not always easy. People can say and write what they want, but I want you to know the truth. How I helped my brother also matters. When my brother's situation became turbulent, being looped into calls with other friends of his and advisors that did include some of his staff, I understand why that was a problem for CNN. It will not happen again. Well, we need to get rid of Fox News. It's not real news. I mean, you got fucking Pelosi fining people, and even in that, the media reports it and doesn't say, hey, this kind of fucked up. So Republicans got fined, but Democrats got warnings. Hmm. That's interesting. And then you have this. I didn't see this going crazy. Hundreds of these loans that were run by Democrats just went to made-up shit. Dealey nuts. You know what that is, right? D's nuts. Everything about them is the opposite of what America wants. No more evident. But the media just has to keep pushing his policies. Tonight, up to 40 million Americans are behind on rent and facing an uncertain future as a federal moratorium on evictions is due to expire at the end of next month. While some tenants are already being removed as states challenge the moratorium. CBS's Omar Villafranca takes us inside their legal struggle. Tensions are rising nationwide. They was locking us out during the coronavirus. They're not supposed to lock us out. Despite a federal ban, landlords have filed over 300,000 evictions during the pandemic. More than 34,000 have been here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Those being evicted have one last chance to stay in their homes by making their case to a judge. Are we here over $236? Mark Melton is a tax attorney turned eviction expert. Today, he's working eviction cases for free in this small Dallas County courtroom. Jasmine Zuniga brought her three-month-old daughter, Delilah, to court. I wasn't paying my whole uh, rent completely, and that's where the late fees started. The hearing lasts seven minutes. When it's over, Zuniga gets to stay in the apartment after Melton agrees to pay the landlord back rent from a GoFundMe account. The total? 
$1,100. How stressful has this been for you over the Out of Texas, where the state's governor signed a controversial abortion ban into law yesterday. Critics say it's among the most restrictive in the nation. At least a dozen states passing more restrictive abortion measures. Here in Texas, this new law now makes it the biggest with the so-called heartbeat ban abortion law. Advocates say it'll save countless lives, but critics say it's not only unconstitutional, but a public health threat. Governor Greg Abbott signing a bill. They've yet to say Price Presley was still evicting people. What the fuck are people supposed to do? If they don't get the rent from people, then they lose it, and then the people get evicted anyway. I mean, what the fuck? It's math. And then when you do get into... i got to expand this. I love one of Evan's top concern about this, that it might undermine his side's political agenda. Dead bodies are bad to Vox types, not because of the carnage, but because it might hurt them. Read that shit. Violent crime spiking. Homicides in cities were up 25 to 40 percent in 2020. The largest single year increase since 1960, and 2020 isn't looking any better. This is a crisis on its own term, but it's also a crisis for the broader liberal project in two downstream ways. Second, fear of violence undermines liberal politics. Just look at America post 9/11 or after the crime surge of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We lost power. And that's, that is just like an inside to our media. That is what our media is. They're not looking at it as, hey, this is fucking horrible. People are dying. That's really, really bad. No, that's not the story. The story is, it can hurt the Democrats. Then you read this fucking shit. Just fucking shit. Former FBI director Louis French gave 100K to a private trust for Joe Biden's grandchildren and spoke with the then vice president in 2016 to explore lucrative future work option with Hunter as the middleman from that laptop again. And we, no wonder Republicans don't trust the FBI. Why would we trust the FBI? Yeah, I'm teasing that tranny. We're, we're going to get to it. Journalism has a problem with source diversity. That's why I'm so proud of this resource. All the experts here are NPR vetted. You can search any location or field, use it to tell fuller stories, and end each interview with who else would I talk to. Because, you know, once again, we're not going to say what Lori Lightfoot's doing is bad. We're going to say that's what you're supposed to do. Hannah Jones isn't getting... Tenured. Yamichi Alcinder is crushed about it. You pay her salary. Why 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 would we not want to cover that? Why? We're too busy going the hill. Republicans have pounced on especially high inflation. Pouncing. We're all pouncing. Yeah. New Yorker, Christian is the greatest ethnic dog whistle the right has ever come up with because it means white. Those are articles, but yeah. I've never met a black Christian. Interesting. Yeah, I have. And then while this is going on, because it's all a huge cult, Stephen Crowder is suspended. 
Facebook releases new pop-up to rent so-called misinformation. Twitter suspends Spanish politicians for saying men can't get pregnant. Far right of center books are hidden from Amazon search results. Cyber sleuths found Biden's Venmo account, which he's not supposed to have, but that isn't even a story. It's kind of like Obama's fucking Blackberry. Google launches inclusive language warning for offensive and gendered words, so you can't even search for it. I mean, you should have seen, I searched for, um, did non-binary come from Heaven's Gate? By the next day, whatever I searched, proper binary words. It was trying to fill me in and educate me because I'm an idiot. Satirical impressions of Dr. Anthony Fauci banned on TikTok. And then we get another picture that I'm not even going to put up from... The New York Times with the fucking ladder shit again about equity. They're trying to fucking fill in the blanks and help his equity stuff because nobody knows, including him, what the fuck it means. I mean, it's so bad. Virginia Little League coaches required to undergo anti-racist training to combat institutional racism. They were told to stop practice to go to a class because that was so important. And on top of it all, this fucking train wreck. We are going to sing and dance it out. So get your singing voices ready. And we're going to start with our hips. The hips on the drag queen go swish, 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 swish. The hips on the drag queen go swish, 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 all through the town. The hair on the drag queen goes up, 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 up. The hair on the drag queen goes up, up, up. All through the town, the shoes on the drag queen go stomp, 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 stomp. Let me hear it. Stomp, stomp, stomp. The shoes on the drag queen go stomp, stomp, stomp. All through the town, the jewels on the drag queen go bling, 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 bling. Bling, 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 the jewels on the drag queen go bling, 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 all through the town. The shoulders on the drag queen go shimmy, 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 the shoulders on the drag queen go shimmy, 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 all through the town. The cheeks on the drag queen go flush, flush, flush. Blush, 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 blush. The cheeks on the drag queen go blush, 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 all through the town. The fingers on the drag queen go snap, 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 snap. The fingers on the drag queen go snap, 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 all through the town. The mouth on the drag queen goes 
Blá, 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 the mouth of the drag queen goes blá, 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 all through the town. Here's our big... That's PBS. Those are great schoolers. Great schoolers. Little Miss Hot Rest. It's a fucking cult. I've been saying it forever, but it's just a fucking cult. They push everywhere. They want to replace normal Americans with what they want because they think America's garbage fire. And how, as we go off to Military Corner, how this is not a story. And and, uh, there is so much wrong with this because Planned Parenthood is giving them the scalps of 23-week-old babies. That is almost third trimester, you understand that. Those are five-month-old babies that they're boarding, and they're handing those parts to a firm to attach them on rat heads. But we were told that Planned Parenthood doesn't chop body parts, even though they do and was proven in court, but our media never covered it because they want the Democratic slush fund to keep going. It's more important to have a slush fund than to have facts and actually cover stuff. Why would we do that? Why would we be unbiased? That's $655 million that goes to an agency that kills baby that America doesn't want to pay for killed babies. And most Americans are too stupid to understand. It just goes back into Democratic coffers. It's just a slush fund. My wife cried when she heard this. It's horrible. And nobody in our media touched it. The University of Pittsburgh, they were doing a study where they were taking the scalps of five-month-old aborted babies and they were grafting them onto lab rats and lab mice to see how much longer they could keep them growing for. And you can actually see the photographs in the published study of little baby scalps grafted onto the backs of lab rats, growing little baby hairs. Those would have been the little hairs growing on the heads of little infants in Pittsburgh if they hadn't been killed by abortion and then stitched onto lab rats for experimentation. This study was funded by a grant, by multiple grants, from the NIAID office, which is run by Dr. Anthony Fauci. And when I was undercover, Planned Parenthood abortion providers told me that they were the ones who were supplying the aborted baby body parts for experiments at the University of Pittsburgh. It's one of those stories we almost hesitated uh, to do because it is so grotesque, uh, but it seemed like in the public interest to tell the truth about what's, about what's happening. Has, has Fauci Absolutely. accounted for this? No, and Dr. Anthony Fauci owns every bit of this study because as the head of, and, and owns every bit of this issue because as the head of the NIAID office, the buck stops with him in terms of how those grants are spent, whether they're being monitored and um, made sure that they're ethically and legally and just compliant as far as good stewardship of taxpayer money. The fact that they were using scalps from five-month-old aborted babies, that means that the heads of those children probably needed to be intact in order to get the scalps, which is in 
an indication that those are either partial birth abortion or even infants delivered alive and whole. Did anybody at Dr. Fauci's office ever ask the researchers at Pittsburgh, hey, how are you getting those scalps? How are you getting whole scalps from the heads of, of fetuses without a partial birth abortion? I think that Dr. Fauci should be brought in front of the Senator in front of the United States Congress and ask those questions directly about what his office did to make sure that these grants and that these barbaric experiments were in compliance with, the, with all the applicable, applicable federal laws and regulations for those federal taxpayer grants. When I was six years old, one of my moms had an accident that left her paralyzed. Doctors said she might never walk again, but she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class and then attended UC Davis, where I joined a sorority full of other strong women. But as graduation approached, I began feeling like I'd been handed so much in life, a sorority girl stereotype. Sure, I'd spent my life around inspiring women, but what had I really achieved on my own? One of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in Italy. Another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures, my own challenge. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling. That is the 3rd Brigade Combat Team. Rock us on! My new patch is right here. Let me move that picture. This is the original patch they used to have right there. Right there. Anyway, uh, I'm going to the woke video again because, once again, you played the last podcast. This picture is pretty much summing up an article. They're having massive problems with a new PT test. And the reason why they're having a massive problem with it is because women can't pass it. They're going to scrub this. You just just wait. They're, they're going to scrub it. Because we're no longer about being prepared for combat. We're, we're woke. 
This, I kind of like the story. This was really important. This is called the Expert Infantryman Badge. An Army platoon leader created an app to help grunts earn the Expert Infantry Badge. Pretty interesting. It's like a study guide. It's on an app, and you get to, you know, learn shit, which is pretty bad fucking ass. New video teases Sig Sauer prototype for Army's next-gen weapon effort. And it looks a little like this. I think the Army's next-gen program is the most audacious effort in decades. It is the ability to participate in writing history. And whatever happens now will dictate the next 20, 30, 40 years. It gives us purpose. It gives us our north. It uh, will change how we look at life afterwards. I'm so impressed with the Army personnel. They're pushing us hard. And that's one side of the equation. The other side, they get it. They're letting us have access to the soldier, to the Marine. It's a transparent program. We are learning from each other, which brings tremendous value as we go forward. This was a wholesale change of ammunition, a rifle, and a belt-fed gun. We are the only company that makes ammunition and the weapon. So we were able to harness the engineers on the weapon side with the engineers on the ammunition side. We could sit together in one room. We could go to a testing facility and have a ballistic engineer and a rifle engineer sitting together and tweaking the formula in order to make sure it works. So we can quickly solve problems that nobody can in, in, a, in a short time span. I would say that what we tried to do is to stay true to the fact that ultimately somebody has to carry these guns, somebody has to make it, and it has to bring a significant change to warfare. It has to be lighter. You have to get the range. You have to get the terminal ballistic, the terminal performance. SIG thought of all of these issues from the eyes of a soldier. And we are happy that the Army has the same exact view. You know, one of the questions that everybody's asking, can SIG handle it? Are we ready? Can we handle the timeline? Can we handle the enormity of the effort? So I would say we are the picture of readiness. We are the singular small arms company in this competition. We make small arms every day. None of the others do on a regular basis. SIG has the engineering resources, the manufacturing resources, the asset base, the commitment to do this. Programs of this nature do not happen twice in a lifetime. They happen once, and for most people it doesn't even happen then. For SIG, as a small arms company, to compete at this level, if we win this, this changes how we define ourselves as a company, as individuals in the company. And I can assure you that the whole company would pull every stop 
to make this a success for the soldiers. Ultimately, that's the biggest reward to see. Pretty freaking sexy shit right there, I tell you what. Six Hours released a new video that shows glimpses of its prototype for the Army's next generation squad weapon, or NGSW, firing to the point that suppressor glows red hot. Video comes as SIGs and his two competitors, Textron Systems and General Dynamics. We haven't covered this in so long. Wait for the Army to compete the final phase testing. The service scheduled to pick one of the three gun makers in 2022 to produce the NGSW rifles and auto rifles chambered for a new 6.8 millimeter round to replace the 5.56 M4A1 carbines and the M249 squad automatic weapons and infantry and other close combat groups. Yeah. Then we covered this last time. I'm not going to play it again, but those fucking NVGs, my God in heaven, that that is just Wow. I keep watching that video, and I steep go, keep going, yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. That's what they actually look like. Then the Army wants an anti-tank missile that shoots twice as far as its current weapon. The Army's looking for a vehicle-mounted missile to bust up current and future tanks on the battlefield out to 10,000 meters, more than double the distance of the toes. The close combat missile system heavy replaced the half-century-old tube-launched, optically-tracked, wireless-guided or tow-missile current system. It is not a shoot-and-forget. It's a sucking piece of shit. The javelin is shoot-for-forget, but that one isn't. Then we have all this cool-ass shit. The Army's faster way to field tactical network gear gets its first big test at Fort Polk. Paratroopers testing the Army's latest communication equipment jumped into a sprawling field surrounded by dense woods and moved north upon a landing in an effort to secure the area. It's probably over in that fucking LZ that I don't even say the name anymore because it pisses me the fuck off and I hate that fucking place and I died a numerous times. I died a, a numerous times. Put the booty cap on. Let's do this right. Mapping on hardened cell phones and other new capabilities show teammates' locations near real-time across the training environment, miles of fields of forest, and blah, blah, blah. Back in the 90s, back when I was a soldier and we got K-rats and people made us walk naked and shit. Sorry. None of that happened. We tested a laptop. I remember testing the laptop and testing the Z Singar's radio, which has been replaced by something else with the same te- technology that is secure, and then it frequency hops and goes like 100 frequencies a second, so nobody can even hear it unless you have the code, and then on top of it, it's still secured through a cipher that you get every day. And that was a trip, but the laptop thing just didn't work um, at the time. Your, your network systems weren't big enough. You couldn't get all that data. So we couldn't pick up the radio and go, Roger, troops in contact. You had to type it. And then it would go into one mainframe and nobody could get all the messages and it was a clusterfuck. But this stuff now, yeah, pretty fucking cool. Your squad newest weapon, armed drones, shoulder file missiles, and air bursting munitions. This stuff is all high tech and cool. But if we're woke, it wouldn't do us any good. Two former Rangers wanted to combine the best parts of the AK-47 and AR-15. This is what they created. 
John Stencil and Jared Potter, veterans of 2nd Ranger Battalion up at Fort Lewis. After leaving the military, they decided to address those shortcomings. It might be the best post-military career for both of them and may help create manufacturing jobs in the United States. The result is the upgraded version of the AK-47 rifle, the AK-21. It's the first aluminum platform AK to hit the market. It's reliable in the field and the, as the AK, but has the user-friendly features and manu, uh, manufacturability of the AR-15 family. There's always been a debate about which gun performs better, but we realized there were things about the AK that we can improve on. The AK rifle isn't as ergonomic friendly as the AR family, and it's not as easily modified, Potter said. During their deployment in Afghanistan, Indian Stencil saw a huge need for weapons that had both ergonomics and modular features. Stencil Industries AK-21 can do that. We What we've created is a platform that is a modular, as compact, and has the speed of an AR-15, but you get it in a situation where you need to pick up enemy magazine, you can do that too. Pretty fucking neat. Billet Aluminum Receiver, the world's first billet aluminum AK receiver, provides a lighter design and cost-effective manufacturer. That would be kind of nice. Nice, to be quite honest. Short-stroke piston system that keeps the breaching area and internals of the platform significantly cleaner. Last round bolt hold open feature similar to AR-15 after the last rocket in the mag- last round. <laughs> Why they put rocket? And the magazine is ejected. The bolt locks the rear and stays locked open until the bolt is released. Ambidextrous bolt release similar to some AR-15s. AK-21 has a bolt release on both sides. Left side non-reciprocating charging handle. Ambidextrous fire selector. Ambidextrous magazine release. Multi-caliber interchangeability design allows for multiple calibers by just changing the barrel. And that's pretty fucking cool. But this is cooler! Look at this fucking thing. I got a chubber. Northrop designing Sky Viper Cannon for future futuristic attack helicopter. Woohoo! And I'm doing this all wrong because I forgot to put my military corner background. Let's 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 put this up. Turk the volume down. Where's the volume? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get you in the mood. I was gonna do gun shooting, but that's just kind of creepy. Northrop Grumman announced Wednesday that it's building a new 20-millimeter cannon for the Army's future attack reconnaissance aircraft, one that says is far more accurate than the Apache's 30-millimeter gun. Where is the fucking volume? There it is. Take it down. The new chain gun named the Sky Viper will be similar to an M230 30-millimeter cannon, which Northrop manufactures the Apache, but will feature new technologies to make it more accurate and produce less recoil. Quinn Cannell, director of the gun operating unit at Northrop Grumman, told Defense Reporters Wednesday, the cannon is going to be superior accuracy based on the proven reliability of accurate technology like the M230. Northrop is working with the U.S. Army Development Command Armament Center on its effort under a rapid prototyping agreement. Canal said General Dynamics is also developing the XM915 multi-barrel Gatling gun for the effort. And that's some sexy-ass shit. Then I saw this shit and my nuts into my body. Army Chief hints at new training center in Alaska while unveiling new Arctic strategy. The U.S. Army Chief of Staff said Tuesday the service looking at creating a combat training center in Alaska as part of his new Arctic strategy, regaining Arctic dominance. 
As part of this strategy, the Army will establish an operational two-star level headquarters to lead combat brigades that are specially trained and equipped to operate more effectively in the region. The Army has potential to become a contested space because China and Russia. I didn't see where they're going to put it. There's already one there, but this would be not a training center where you learn how to do, you know, sleep in ice caves and all that shit and glacier training and all the things I did when I was stationed there. This would be like Port Fort Polk on ice. Better pack a lunch. It's going to suck. Marines sank a moving ship when they fired a Navy missile from a drone truck. I thought that was K-Bar Mule Review, and they like it. That's all I'm going to say. Not a big knife guy. I always cut my fucking hands. Sure do. And that stud has passed on. He is a badass. Key Middle East base is first to get drone fighting quadcopters. I don't think I have a picture of this. No, I don't. But that's kind of cool. Super Hercules crew receives DFC Air Medal for daring Afghanistan flight under fire. Crew of a C-130J Super Hercules has received prestigious awards, including a Distinguished Flying Cross for the daring airmanship during a harrowing mission in Afghanistan last year. Major Christopher Richardson, the pilot of C-130, received the DFC for his actions during the September 19, 2020 flight, therefore said Wednesday release, and three other members of the crew, pilot first... Uh, First Lieutenant Christian Gritschkowski, Loadmaster Staff Sergeant Jade Morin, and Loadmaster Senior Airman Demetrius Carden received air medals. Uh, the C-130 crew part of the 61st Airlift Squadron were supporting a theater response force as arrived at forward operating base, release said. But during the flight, the crew took effective small-arm fire from the enemy, which injured members of the crew. Garden quickly assessed what had happened and acted decisively and did his fucking job, so they gave him a fucking medal. Kind of like my Bronze Stars. Whoopty fucking do. As tank battalions shut down, dozens of Marines are joining the Army. This is an interesting phenomenon because we're ditching all our tanks. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting what they do with these guys. Most of them will turn to become CAV, you know, be scouts, mobile scouts. That's what they usually do. Senate poised to deliver gigantic bill covering 11 military toxic exposure illnesses, which is kind of why they gave me some disability for my sinuses, just as much as my back. That doesn't make any sense, but okay. Senate Veterans Affairs Committee Mammoth Toxic Exposure Package will deliver presumptive care for 11 conditions. The True Cost of War Recognition Act will culminate in a year's worth of bills proposed in Senate ranging from incremental improvements to delivering care and disability compensation to estimated 3.5 million veterans exposed to burn pits. The effort to deliver presumptive care amount to policy ultra-marathon with VA committee leaders making toxic exposure a top issue. But lawmakers are trying to act fast, blah, 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 blah. Asthma that was diagnosed after service, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, chronic bronchitis, constructive bronchitis, emphysema, fluorosis, pulmonary fibrosis, and interstitial lung disease, sarcoidosis, respiratory cancer, and globomastoma. People eligible, the Afghan Campaign Ribbon, Armed Forces Expeditionary Medal, Global War on Terrorism Expeditionary Medal, Inherent Resolve Campaign, Iraq Campaign, Southwest Asia Medical Campaign. But the most important thing they did not show on there is sleep apnea. Most stuff I read, that's probably why I have it. But, what else? 
Following the West Point class of 1966 to Vietnam, the long gray line. And I'm not going to play it, but it's a pretty interesting documentary. Check it out. Fort Jackson pauses giving trainees guns after school bus hijack. Let's uh, think about this for a second. Let's just break it down in your head. Really? That's your answer? Take the guns away? What about doing your job, drill sergeants? Do your fucking job! This is why we have woke and we don't have this. Что ты знаешь о себе? На что ты способен? Вопросы могут остаться без ответов. Но разве ты знать себя? Познать границы своих возможностей? К черту границы. А без боя нет победы. Но на самом деле, главный враг – это задача выследить врага. Догнать его. Превзойти. Стать лучше, чем он. It begins in California. With a little girl raised by two moms. I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. To marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord. And I answered my call. It barely fits. But when I was under the dome... I didn't take their guns away because of one soldier! I did this. I am Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. And the first and last words out of your filthy sewers will be, sir. Do you maggots understand that? Sir, sir yes, sir. Bullshit, I can't hear you. Sound off like you got a pair. If you ladies leave my island, if you survive recruit training, you will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are pukes. You are the lowest form of life on earth. You are not even human fucking beings. You are nothing but unorganized, grabastic pieces of amphibian shit. Because I am hard, you will not like me. But the more you hate me, the more you will learn. I am hard, but I am fair. There is no racial bigotry here. I do not look down on niggers, kites, wops, or greasers. Here you are all equally worthless. And my orders are to weed out all non-hackers who do not pack the gear to serve in my beloved car. Do you maggots understand that? Sir, yes, sir. Bullshit, I can't hear you. Sir, yes, sir. What's your name, scumbag? Sir, Private Brown, sir! Bullshit, from now on you're Private Snowball. Do you like that name? Sir, yes, sir! Well, there's one thing that you won't like, Private Snowball. They don't serve fried chicken and watermelon on a daily basis in my mess hall. Sir, yes, sir! that you, John Wayne? Is this me? Who said that? Who the fuck said that? Who's the slimy little communist shit-twinkle-toed cocksucker down here who just signed his own death warrant? Nobody, huh? The very fucking godmother said it. I'm fucking standing. I will PT you all until you fucking die. I'll PT you until your assholes are sucking buttermilk. Was it you, you scroungy little fuck, huh? Sir, no, sir. You little piece of shit, you look like a fucking worm. I bet it was you. Sir, no, sir. Sir, I said it, sir. 
you speed drill the fuck out of them. That's where you bring them in and you go, you privates are working together, you're not a team, you let fucking dick fuck grab his weapon and get off base. That's your fault because nobody in the chain of command was doing their job. We set up chain of command, a platoon guide and squad leaders. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go upstairs, left foot, overshoe, right foot, dress uh, dress low quarters. You're going to have BDU pants and PT shirt. Be back in five minutes. Go. Nobody heard what I said because I said it really fast. Then they come back, you smoke the shit out of them, you make the walls sweat, and by the time you're done with this drill, about an hour of PT, which is good for them, they all work together, and people start telling each other what the other person said, and they all get it done, and they lock their wall lockers, because if they don't, you go up there and trash the shit, and then you fucking bring them back, and you make sure they make the time, and you go, they all, I'm a parent, uh, you know, this hurts me more than it hurts you. If you just do your job, this will be easy. And then after week three, everybody's locked in tighter than Dick's hat band. And a 60-person, because I had integrated, fucking platoon works together. You don't take their guns away because of one fuckhead. Then, if I'm looking at it as a civilian, what were these fuckheads doing? There's a CQ, there's a staff duty NCO, you gotta do checks. Every hour at a do fucking bed checks, counting people, walking in and watching the ugly girls masturbating. Yeah, I caught that. It wasn't good. Where were you at? But no, it's it's the new army. We're woke. We're super woke. That's why the only stories I find about good stuff is this. Which, good honor. Well, where's the fucking heading on this? Badass Air Force pilot recognized for belly landing an A-10 with canopy ripped off. That's pretty fucking badass. Good honor. Great job. But if it was a dude, it wouldn't even make the story. Because we're just woke now. We don't care about being good. Fucking being good at our jobs. Killing motherfuckers. Fuck that. Nah. No, we don't do that. Hat comes off. I'll put it back on. Actually, it was a horrible job. I really didn't lower it. It's not fun going to work every day yelling at people. Diplomacy failed by Felicia and 27 and other incredible names. And uh, these are good. Aggravated assault, you know, because tankers, I guess I should fill in the blanks. Tankers name their tank, and it's a big deal. And my last duty assignment out on NTC, as I itched my armpit, sorry, um, I literally was attached to tankers as a grunt. And uh, they fucked with me for a while, but then they treated me really well. Um, but every tank's name, so there's, here's just some of them, and there's a list here I'd expand it, but it's all good. Abandon all hope. Uh, American badass. Daddy's belt. Diplomacy failed. Ground Zero, Casey Anthony, <laughs> Professor Chaos, I can't read that one, Atomic Blonde, Baby Yoda, Beats Walking, yeah, no shit, sure the fuck does, By Felicia, Callie B's Finest, Candyman, Capital Punishment, Cruel Intentions. Cuckold. 
<laughs> Democracy delivered, and you get the point. So uh, it's just sad. I don't understand we're going to ditch them all, um, but they, they're definitely downsizing again. What the fucking fuck? I got, it got stupid, and the many other reasons troops choose to leave the military. I stopped feeling like I mattered, like what I was doing was insignificant. There are a million reasons why someone might choose to leave the military. That was made clear after Sergeant Major of the Army Michael Grinson opened the floodgates on social media this month when he asked to hear some of the most prevalent reasons soldiers were left are leaving the army. Hundreds of responses to the various issues, racism, sexual harassment, work-life balance, height and weight requirements, and overabundance of red tape, and the lack of control some soldiers feel they have over their lives. We wanted to hear more, so we asked you, our readers, why you left. A senior NCO made the decision real easy for me, so one man. For others, much simpler. A one person on a Facebook put it, it got stupid. All in all, the response lay out the roadmap that can show leaders exactly why their troops might not want to stay. Now, this is a task and purpose, and the task and purpose is liberal shit. When you go to other ones on this subject, well, guess what? It's because it's too woke. It's just woke now. It's not the military. It's like going to college campus and being told what to think, how to eat, what to breathe. Not like the normal military ways where you do get told what to eat and how to breathe. No, this is all ideological. Then we have this one, what I think is just really funny because it came from a site and I thought, you know, basically Dr. Seuss was DX now. We don't have it. But I thought it was funny. Happy day to all you airmen, sailors, soldiers, marines. Enjoy the safety brief and scroll through the latrine. It's no secret that you have... Love to cut loose, but please read this advice whilst dropping a deuce. It might save you from a pesky Article 15, at least prevent a drunk-fueled punch to the spleen. When going out drinking to the watering hole, you may want to avoid chugging an entire fishbowl. While it might at the same time like look like great fun at PT the next day, you'll lose your lunch. If you could land at the local strip joint, please be wary and heed my next point. If it's champagne room, a dancer steers you, it's only your wallet they're trying to screw. Watch out, too, for all-you-can-eat buffets, especially meat or cruel, crusty fish fillets. Avoid fights with the locals when out to dinner. Punching civilians in the face doesn't make you a winner. That guy who almost joined the SEALs is obviously lying, but choking him in the jaw or clocking him in the jaw won't be gratifying. A slight warning as well against hitting on strangers when drunk it can pose many a danger. Getting married in a pinch is too much of a cliche, even if it does bump up your housing pay. Don't go out driving after you had a few drinks because getting a DDUI quite frankly stinks. And remember this counts for bikes and scooters too. A ticket would be awfully embarrassing for you. These tips may, may at first seem common sense. But you'd be surprised how many E4s are deeply dense. Enjoy summer nights out with your squad, but don't piss off Uncle Sam. He's a wrathful god. And that is pretty fucking good right there. I like it. Good job, whoever the fuck wrote this. Because that's some good shit. That is some good shit. And then we get to... uh, We... we, we we knew this was coming because the new thing. These are the first military bases who Confederate names could be changed. 
The military star review to rename bases on our other assets to commemorate the Confederate Army. Uh, people are willing to serve the Confederacy by looking at 10 Army forts. Starting this summer and continuing into fall, commission tasks from naming these facilities will visit, consider Fort Bragg, Fort Rucker, Fort Benning, Fort Gordon, Fort Hood, Fort Polk, and four locations in Virginia, including A.P. Hill, Fort Belvoir, Fort Lee, and Fort Pickens, retired Navy Admiral Michael Howard, who chairs the commission, said in a news conference Friday. The eight-member panel is officially known as the Commission on the Naming of Items of the Defense Department. Yeah, that was a good name. We thought, why don't we just say it? We're going to change everything because we can. Uh, the naming the items Department of Defense that commemorate. Oh no, I'm sorry, I fucked this up. The commission. This is the name of the commission. Commission on the naming of items of the Department of Defense that commemorate the Confederate States of America, or any person who served voluntarily with the Confederate States of America, but is commonly referred to by its shorter nickname, the Naming Commission. It's a cult. They're cult. The commission has a lot of work ahead beyond the first 10 army installations. We'll also review anything from ships, buildings, equipment, to vehicle, and even streets named to commemorate the Federacy and figures, Howard said. list of things personally requiring renaming could run into the hundreds or even thousands. It will be everything because, once again, this is a cult. Everything's racist, so they're going to rename everything. There's something woke, genderless. You fucking people. Which brings us to our lighter fare. <laughs> ...disease going around infecting millions of people. It's highly contagious, creating the worst pandemic the world's ever seen. If we don't act now, it's going to keep spreading, potentially infecting everyone. The disease is a mental condition called intelligence. Intelligence is a very contagious disease spreading around the globe at unprecedented rates. It's threatening to destroy the world as we know it. Symptoms of intelligence include thinking for yourself, elevated levels of self-responsibility, nuanced thought, the desire for freedom, acts of bravery, and an intolerance to being controlled by fear. We don't know much about intelligence, how it works, or how it spreads, but there's very strong evidence it's easily transmitted through ideas, self-expression, and human connection. Together, we can slow the spread of intelligence, but we all must practice strict obedience to the following guidelines. Socially distance yourself from critical thought. Sanitize your mind with the news. Rely on other people to tell you what's true for you. And wear a face suffocator to reduce the amount of oxygen going to your brain. Additionally, we'll need to permanently shut down the economy to fight this dangerous infection with the weapons of poverty and despair. We're also working with our partners at the social media giants who are strongly committed to ending intelligence by censoring free speech on their platforms. If you find yourself accidentally thinking for yourself or think you may have come in contact with someone infected with intelligence, please self-quarantine in front of the news for 14 days 
and seek the medical guidance of your local computer programmer. With this infection, it's also advisable to put your entire trust in the hands of people who, in the past, have been found guilty in antitrust lawsuits and outsource your entire thinking, well-being, and choices to people who aren't you. It's your social duty to help out and do your part. If we all work together, we can rid the world of intelligence once and for all. Back and tag it, boys. has done an incredible job with this place. This place is amazing. Yeah, he really has. Ah! It's a really good geisha. Find everything okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Those are your friends? Uh, 
I'm actually kind of like in a little bit of a hurry. If okay. Don't, don't mind. Yeah. All right. That'll be sixty-five thousand dollars and seventeen cents. I I, th I thought the, the coffee was on sale. Oh no. It's for the damages. Uh. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. Yeah. <clears throat> Black ref. That mask one is pretty damn funny, man. That's that's true. We, we just don't have common sense anymore because everything is political and everything is part of the cult-like, liberal, woke, intersectionality, equity bullshit. And everything from Black Rifle Coffee is just so funny. And I have so many that I'm going to try to do a more military corner. It's just a portion of the show, catching up on stuff and, and make it less about woke because that's all it's been getting in the news. So what did we learn today? Well, like everything else, we have agenda, narrative, not facts, and the sheer amount of violence that is coming out of those agenda, narrative, and not facts on our streets, in the world, where the left is on the wrong side of everything. They are on the wrong side of history on about every issue we cover today. We also find out pretty much every conspiracy theory that's called a conspiracy theory, like, hey, it probably didn't come from bats, it probably came from a lab. Hey, January 6th really wasn't that violent, that's why they won't release anything, and they're acting like it is so they can use it for their next election, and basically say every guy who is questioning or even for a second said anything about it is un-American piece of shit after they did it for four years. The sheer hypocrisy in that should make every never Trumper just think for a second. I know you hate Trump, but come on. Come on. That, uh, that wasn't made by a conservative. That's a dude who's literally put it on Twitter and said, what the fuck? So we're going to do a, a, a thing to figure out how the fuck's January 6th happened when we've already investigated with the full weight of the justice system and arrest 400 people and charge them? Why we simultaneously let everybody go from all the BLM protests and Antifa and didn't go after them when they were palletizing bricks and ruining shit? It's just kabuki theater. Everything from mass to the data to how people died. Everything is kabuki theater. And if they really wanted a upfront investigation and report on what happened January 6th, what happened to Ashley Babbitt? Because I will tell you right now, even if she was a black woman, we still wouldn't know why a woman who had four cops walking, walking right by her with ARs. They didn't apprehend her. Some dude just shot her in the face. The more I dig into this, not to disprove and say Trump's a good guy, but to say our media is hot garbage and they're lying and they did it for the Democrats so they can impeach Trump. It's ugly. It is a rotten fucking onion. And you just peel it back and you find no gording, nobody was murdered, 
Nobody was armed. There was fracases and people punching cops. They should be arrested. But grandmas who trespassed, that's the latest. It's still out there. They're still trying to find a grandma. She's probably 70. Literally. And the most important thing is people that were friends with my with me sent me QAnon and all these articles researching who these people were. We've never done that with Antifa. We've done Antifa people and how awesome they are and kept their identity hidden. Every podcast I do, it's disgusting where we're at. Because the simple theories, like they're trying to replace everybody, articles they wrote, they wrote those articles. You just heard it on MSNBC. That's what they want to do. Tennessee, they're just dumping migrants here. Nobody in the state knows it's happening. And that story in itself that we don't cover a lot. My God, go back to the 2016, 17, 18 podcasts at FOPPodcast.com. And my God, we were proving they were making stories at the border. They were filming things. It's all there. They made it up, made it worse than it is. The time photo itself is a total lie of the little girl crying. She wasn't being apprehended. Now we don't even take photos of babies found in the desert, abandoned. No, that that doesn't get covered. We, as a country, cannot function like this. You say there's extremists, white supremacists on every street corner. You are making extremism. Because... Every week, every podcast, I play them saying hateful things to people. Violent things on Twitter. It's allowed to stand. But you question 80 voting laws changed without congressional approval at state levels. And you just say that. You say Time Magazine actually said a group of Americans took over our election and we fortified it. You get banned from Twitter. I'm not covering this audit that's happening, but there's going to be an audit in Fulton County now. A judge called for it. They've never explained how a suitcase came out from underneath the table. Now, once again, Biden's the president. I'm not questioning that. I'm questioning HR1 and S1, which is based on the lie that there's voter suppression down at state levels because you require, as 70% of black people want, people to show an ID. I mean, you built questioning a fucking election. You did it for four years. The media and democratic apparatus, part of this cult of intersectionality, they made people question things. They made more violence than Donald Trump could ever hope to do. It's still happening on our streets. It happened this week in L.A., New York, and major cities, and nobody covered it, but it's all over Twitter. You just have to search for it, and there are anti Jewish people roaming our streets, beating people. 
For fuck's sake, I played a, somebody beating somebody up in an airplane at 30,000 feet. They weren't white supremacists. We, this isn't how this works. Every policy they're doing is illegal. It is against the constitutional half the time. It's not wanted by the people. And you might have skimmed over it. But that Tucker soundbite about PPFA body parts, that's against the law. And they know it, so they won't put it out because they stopped defunding Planned Parenthood when conservatives tried to do it back when the filibuster wasn't Jim Crow. When they did it 323 times. You can't have a government like this. It, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. We will have violence. We will have more January 6th. If in 2022 and 2024, they hack elections like they did. Even if the vote counts right, people are not going to believe it when you're taking over the voting system. People are not going to tolerate this as if in 2022 there isn't a change. Because you can sit there all day in New York and blue states and say everything's okay. The rest of the country does not think any of this is okay. And I want you going forward, listen to their words. You know, one of the key things, and I skimmed it, for this rant at the end. Every one of these cult things that I've watched, words are vague. Definitions are vague. Everything this administration puts out is vague. White supremacy is the biggest threat to America that they don't define. Equity, they they don't define. They don't define anything. Every one of their bills is a hodgepodge like the ACA. Pork projects paying back their their unions and the people that got them elected. All on your back. And then finally, I will continue on this show to go, what if it was Trump? Because if you look at it, even as a never-Trumper, and you're tuning into this, literally think just this last, where we're in the fifth month of his presidency. Every one of these stories, how they would have been portrayed and how they're being not even reported. From Cuomo and his brother, from Cuomo and his book, every one of the, Russia pipelines, gas shortages, inflation, spending. Uh, All they do now in the media is but Trump. Trump didn't care about it. He ran up the deficit. He didn't sign six trillions in his first fucking goddamn month. 
that they're all going to do through reconciliation, and they're still going to the, push the woke stuff. You need to get on Twitter and just read like I do. Because the revolution is starting, and the revolution is not AOC, the squad, and the Jihad squad. The revolution is normal Americans, black, Asian, gay. It doesn't fucking matter. Tammy Bruce is gay, and she's on TV going almost everything they're doing in these schools and this this tranny lady I played. Now, this is bad. This is bad. But if you look at everything they're doing, it's like a cult. They're pushing it to children, to college, to fucking the federal government. This critical race theory America started in 1619 that was a expose that became curriculum. People are pushing back. And it's not whitey. It's not mega pushing back. The simple fact that schools are still not open is on Biden's feet. It's his union. It's his people. The simple fact that there's crime skyrocketing everywhere where they defunded is on his feet. You just need to go to his Twitter account during the campaign and compare it to what's happening now. And it's a glaring light that he is a fucking hypocrite. He's not running anything but his mouth, and he doesn't even know the words he's saying. We talked about Trump slurring words. He was on cocaine. Sliding down a ramp. He has imbalances. Mentally deranged. He is. We were going to bring a fucking person that has actually been fired and is not a practicing psychologist to come on and do psychological examinations on CNN. This isn't going to work. If your sole purpose is to root out extremism in America, you're doing a really poor job because you're just creating extremism. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Please share this with your family and friends. Go to foppodcast.com for this episode, last episode, and the links to SoundCloud and Rumble for future episodes. We're going to go with our next show, 26 May. No, no, can't do it. 25, 25 May, 26 is my last COVID booster. I'm then going to buckle the hatches because I had a immune response to the first one, and I hear the second one's going to make me sicker than Cooter Brown. So we'll go with the Tuesday podcast. Don't end this enough for all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeahs. Thanks for listening, folks. Go Martin Truex and Gregson. I, I added to the I added to the account here. I got a there it is. Black rifle coffee. One, let me bring it over here. Got the new black rifle coffee Noah Gregson car. Yeah, that's my collection. Just doing the, the Hot Wheels. And uh what else did I add to it? Oh, that's it. I'll get another Martin Truex sometime this fall when they give me the Darlington one because it's a sexy fucking car. Anyway. Watch that. Coda. First time ever. Going to have trucks. Xfinity today. And then tomorrow's NASCAR. 68 laps on a almost three mile wicked, more of a Formula One track. So it's going to be awesome. So 
Thanks for listening, folks. Take care.